This is a Socialist News and Views special interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview with all the recent upheavals and new organizing going on within the labor movement in the United States. I figured it was time to reach out to Mark Gravart, who hosts My Labor Radio. I appeared on his show at the end of last year, and so I thought it was time that we had a chat about the ongoing movements in labor organizing in the United States. Let's go straight to the interview. So on Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. So tell us who you are. So my name's Mark, and I'm a 40-year union member. So when I graduated from high school at 19 years old, I walked into a shop that had a union. At the time, I'm in my 19, 20, 21 years old. I didn't give a damn. I had a check coming. I didn't think about anything. I was single, living the good life. This is great. About six or seven years later, I started realizing, wait, this is a really cool thing, having a collective bargaining agreement and understanding the interior of that. Then I really got into it, understood what it was, and started understanding that collective bargaining was empowering people and what that really meant. And so I've spent the last 30 years really working and refining and making sure I was able to be part of a leadership, doing something in my union, and really end up being a vice president and a president of my local. So I edited my union newspaper for 15 years. I mean, that's back in the day in the 90s when that's when people did. You got a monthly newsletter and it came to you, and I took care of all those things. And I had some great people to work with, somebody taking pictures, these persons writing articles, and we just had a nice team effort. There was always somebody would burn out and leave, and somebody else would come and take their place. It was really cool. It's a collective, like any good thing that happens. It's a collective of people who make it happen, which is what a union's all about. So for me, now I'm 60 years old. I'm going to work a couple more years yet and then get a retirement gig. And my retirement gig is a podcast and a radio show. (laughs) Community Access Radio Station here in town started in 16. I started a show on there and then ended up making a, put a website together and making a podcast out of it and figured it out as I go. I've got some audio background, so I knew what to buy and get this stuff here and get that. And it's put together and I'm very happy with it. I'm real, I mean, lately I've been interviewing some really cool people. Like I just did a series right now with Phil Cohen. Now, he's an SEIU guy, he's a former organizer for years. Um, he's got a book out called Fighting Union Busters in a Carolina Carpet Mill, which is a great story about how this carpet mill tries to decertify the union. He comes in and during the Trump era wins the case. It was wow. bomb. It was great. So I get with him about his book and then I followed up after that and I'm doing a series with him of him talking about key things people need to know. FMLA, the importance of it, what it means, how to use it. NLRB, what is it about? What's the NLRB do and how do you work to get an agent to work with you and your steps you have to take? Right. Talk about workers' comp and then talk about the two words in every agreement that we need to know about and how can we use them, just cause. Because mm. you know the boss, we're going to fire you just because. It's <laughs> just cause. And so we, those four elements together in about 45 minutes in my most recent show that's up on our on my website, it's mylaborradio.org, you can listen to him give a speech about 10, 12 minutes of each one of those segments with a little break in between it. And it's nice. It's under. It's like you're sitting in a seminar. It's, I call it a union master class. Come sit down and listen to this guy because right. he's got 35 years experience at it. He knows what's going on. He's been in the trenches. 
Um, I talk to authors that write books on labor. Uh, Daisy Pitkin with her most recent book, On the Line. I'll talk to local politicians. And out of nowhere, I just got a cold call one day from Rachel Armstrong. She's the union vice president for Local 577 of the Transport Workers Union, which represents flight attendants on Allegiant Airlines. Ooh. I said, how'd you find me? Oh, you liked a couple things I liked, and I <laughs> thought, you look interesting. And then she saw that I had a radio show and said, hey, you want to talk about unions? Man, I talked to her for like 90 minutes. I had to pare it down to find 45 minutes for the show. <laughs> it was great. So, And then one of the coolest things I did this spring was had a show in which I talked to Kenyon College in suburban Columbus, Ohio, and talked to the Student Worker Organizing Committee, or KSWAC. These are undergrad students. Now, you're hearing about the graduate students on campuses saying, whoa, give us the respect, especially at IU. We've got something going on there at Indiana University in Bloomington. This was a really cool show because these are the undergrads who are saying, whoa, we work for you. We work for you in admissions. We work for you all over the campus. You show us the respect. It's a really cool thing. They've disbanded. They spent three weeks on strike. Hmm. No union. They want union recognition. They're not getting it from the Board of Governors mm -hmm. at the college. They did a three-week strike, came back, did the commencement, walked through all that, and then left and said the strike will resume when classes start in the fall. I was like, all right, you go. Because <laughs> it's got a bunch of juniors and sophomores who are really into it and a handful of seniors who have now left. So it's kind of cool things that are going on. And for me... Labor movement is happening at a younger age. I'm here to try and catalyst it or help it get the word out there like you do. I mean, look at some of right. the actions that are going on in Minnesota all the time. I love your feed, especially on Twitter. Love following you because I'm always learning something. You, you were knocking it out here with the SEIU and these healthcare workers uh, working at the um, like retirement homes and things like that. I mean, it's going so fast. I'm learning something new every day, too. It's like I can't keep yeah. up with the amount of stuff that's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, it, no, go ahead. I was going to say, my comment to everything is, it's, it's, I come from a generation of people, so I was born in the early 60s. That generation of people walked through the 80s and 90s like, well, the boss probably can do that. No. <laughs> I, you know, I still said, no, this is not right. acceptable, and argued with leaders, and that's what I think is important. Always have someone in your membership who speaks up and goes, nope, nope, point of order, hold on, I got this is some BS, I'm not happy with that, let's <laughs> right. talk about this. That has to happen. That is the catalyst to make things work. And so what I'm finding is, if you look at what's going on at Starbucks, it looks what's going on at Amazon, it's not somebody that's in my age bracket. It's somebody that's coming around and going, you're doing what? No, BS, that ain't happening. We're not going to accept that. Here's why. Right. And they're taking it on. And it's young women. Let's not just say, oh, okay, it's just a bunch of guys doing this. No. It's women are right. leading in this case, which if you look at it demographically, it's a lot of women that are baristas that are doing this. Like, we've had it. I'm twenty six and I've had it already. Yep. That didn't take long, did it? I was gonna say that yeah, there's a lot of people that don't have a labor background, but they have a really good BS detector. And they, yeah, they and as soon as they quick. get in there, they're not gonna take the take the BS from the bosses anymore. It's like, you know, People have been banging their head against the wall trying to, you know, get the boss to do this or that for 10, sometimes 20 years. And then they come in and they're like, no, this is this is not happening. I'm not going to, you know, go the uh, go the same route as these other people and just, you know, yeah. run on a wheel for 10 years. I want no, something I to actually happen now. Exactly. And I, it's for me, it's frustrating because the NLRB and the National Labor Relations Act, which represents that, and then we get the National Labor Relations Board, and the Department of Labor is another issue altogether. But that board, it's so archaic because capital has won over the last 50 years, right. making it so by dragging their feet so that they are crushing labor. And labor has accepted this. And now labor is saying, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. 
unfortunately, where we stand today with this outrageous fees we have to pay for gas and things like that, mm -hmm. that's capital pushing back down on us. Because really, when it right. comes to gas, let's talk about fossil fuel for just a second. There, there are only like six to eight refineries run by six or eight companies in the United States. They own the ball. You can dig all you want. You can pump all you want. That doesn't matter. What it mm. does is refining it and getting it to the customer. And they own that. And right. so they call the shots. They call the prices. It's not the guy that runs the station. It's no. the way he gets it. And those people that are trading in the commodities of, of that fossil fuel, it's a huge deal. That's just capital telling us, oh, you're getting a little uppity, are you, huh, labor? Watch what we're going to do to you and jack everything up. It's totally by design because they can't do anything against Biden. So they want to make whoever's in charge. It's not a Republican who doesn't support capital like they want. Right. To do this. They they just want to make it look like a crap show. Yeah, there's been a huge offensive by, you know, like you said, by capital, by the bosses, by managers and, and, and corporations, especially since the pandemic. It's oh, been yeah. like super sharpened and heightened exponentially since then, as far as like, you know, trying to keep emergency measures like in the hospitals, for example, like the, the protective oh, equipment folks use. They want to just say, oh, the stuff we used in the emergency is like that's normal now. So you're just going to wear a mask all day or you're going to wear a mask for multiple surgeries or whatever it is there. Yeah. You know, in many settings, they're trying to keep that the same. Um, but, you know, like you said, yeah, we've seen this significant uptick in organizing, uh, sharpening of tactics within the labor movement, I think, especially, as you mentioned, with the young um, workers. Yeah. You mentioned it a little bit, but I mean, you know, what are you most excited about right now as far as the, um, you know, new organizing? You know, there's a lot of different uh, places to choose from. Anything really uh, getting you um uh, motivated, excited out there? Yeah, um, I think the airline industry, because it's being restructured right now. So mm. if you look at where airline and transportation goes, that took a biggest hit. And there was a lot of people employed by that when you start thinking of people on the ground, the people right. who are the mechanics. And we set a lot of planes down and didn't fly a lot. So we're building that back up. But what's happening is pilots, um, people on the ground, your people at the gates, things like that, people who are throwing your luggage, and then the people who are the flight attendants, they're picking it up and saying, look, this is going to happen. You're going to listen to what we say. We are going to have a union. Um, that Transportation Workers Union representative I talked to, the Vice President, Rachel Armstrong, it was clearer to me, listening to her, she's 30 years old, she was geeked to be a flight attendant at 21 years old. She got the job. And her first thing her boss told her, one of the bosses in her orientation was, well, we don't want you to do this for the rest of your life. This is just kind of a get-by job. Mm. She's like, no, hell no, I'm not listening to that. She wants to do this for life. This is what she wants to do. Right. So she decided to step up and be a leader. Transportation workers came forward. The whole thing's kind of come together. So people are making a difference by doing it themselves. They're realizing that the resources are very limited. But the Internet has blown this thing up. Right. Because you and I, I mean, I look back at my life and I didn't have that. Hell, I had to wait for the, the phone, unplug my phone, plug it into the computer to try and get a signal. It might take 20 minutes to get online. Right. Now it's in my phone. I carry every, a more powerful phone in my hand than I've ever had in a computer anywhere. These things, this technology, there are no borders. There's no walls anymore. Everybody can communicate and we learn in seconds. Mm -hmm. That's what capital can't control. Right. I yeah. love it. That's what I'm excited about. No, yeah, it's super cool. You know, everything's at your fingertips. We can make some. I mean, even since you started, you said your podcast in 2016. I bet there's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes in the way that we're able to connect with people so fast. It's like, oh yeah, it's like instantaneous. You know, on Twitter, and there's people. You know, and also I think people are just more receptive to you reaching out these days than maybe they were when oh, yeah. you know even a few years ago on the internet. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you what, and I, somebody said, well, where do you get your guests? I said, you'd be surprised. I, I, call, I cold call them. 
I'll right. send them a de- direct message. Hey, you follow me. I follow you. I got this show. Why don't you consider it? Next thing I know, I'm interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And I, I also have got some uh, people who are literary agents, and they they just do an internet search. This is how genius they are. And <laughs> this guy's got a show with the word labor in it. This person <laughs> who wrote a book I represent has the word labor in it. Let's put right. those two together. <laughs> so they send me the book, read the book, I read it. I'm like, hell yeah, let's interview them. Mm-hmm. And those things, and I don't have any problem being a pimp for that. I mean, these folks got to sell a book too, but I'm also getting some great reading in and some books I probably wouldn't have sought out and looked for had right. I not been tipped off to them. So it's very cool in that respect too. But for me, I want to try and help be that voice. Here in Northeast Indiana, it's a very red state. Mm-hmm. I'm just jealous as hell to watch what you have with the DFL and the DSA, the things that are going right. on in Minnesota, and know where things are at there. This is a right-to-work state now, and mm-hmm. people just accepted it, rolled. We're now in the 17th or 18th year of a supermajority of Republicans, governor, mm-hmm. Senate, and the House. They're destroying labor. They're taking the, they're outrageous. Now they're a bunch of nutbags that are listening to beyond QAnon stuff and right. saying, you know, now they get this whole gender sports. They saved girls sports in the state of, <laughs> state of Indiana uh, now. It's like, oh my gosh, you guys. So they're trying to play this whole culture war thing and fight and want to basically take it to the streets. That's the thing we have to watch out for. Politics are everywhere. You can't, as a union person or a working person, say, eh, I don't do politics. Right. You gotta. Politics will do you, and you won't like the results. <laughs> so you have to be involved with politics. Right. You and gotta that, know who your reps are. And that's, yeah, that's a good trans, you know, transition, because I think, you know, like, w- we see this power building within the union, within these all these workplaces, but I think, you know, and you mentioned some of the politicians you have on and things, but I think when we turn that that, that power outwards, that's when we, uh, you know, as a, a group and showing solidarity, we can have some of the biggest uh, the biggest gains, political gains. You know, right. when, when you think about you know the political process, some of the bigger things that were, you know, I think a lot of us on the left, activists and labor, are trying to win. You know, for example, you know Medicare for all, canceling student debt. Do you what do you see? Do you see? Uh, what do you think labor can uh, can win in the in the near term? Say the next you know well, three to five get, years. Yeah, my goal is to get us to that pro act. Mm. Pass the pro act. We've got to restructure how the NLRB functions mm. because if anybody's going to have any crap problems, it's going to be the Starbucks workers, the Amazon labor union workers who want action, and none management drags their feet. They can mm-hmm. hold things out for 15, 18 months before they even start talking in their first agreement. And right. Wait another six months. They're trying to wait them all out. You know, get rid of these people, get some new people in who aren't into the union. Maybe we'll decertify it. Right. All those things are in the way. So passing the PRO Act to me is key to get that done. But Medicare for all, all I hear about in the politicians' world is how mental health is the problem. Okay, <laughs> great. Because mental health's the problem, Republicans, I'm so happy you said that. Now is the time because the ACA has a shit component for when it comes to mental health. There's right. Barely anything there. Yeah. So let's step up to the plate, show us what you got, prove it by saying you want to help mental health. Show us what you're going to do with that. They'll crumble. They'll fold like a tent. It won't work for them. But those are the kind of things. It goes back to the same thing when you talk to a politician. You want a politician in your representing you who doesn't have a problem saying the word union and saying the word pension in a sentence when they (laughs) talk about where things are headed. That's what's important, too. Always ask that. Always push that button. Right. And well, just to just to dig in a little bit on the on the pro act, you mentioned like you know management dragging their feet and all that stuff, and and I don't know like into what granular detail, but you know what are what are some of the things in the in the pro act that you're excited about? Like what are uh, what are the, some of the timetables or things like that that would uh, you know push management in the right direction? Do you have? Uh, 
Yeah, so it restructures basically what's going on when it comes to the NLRB and how they act. And what mm. they're doing is putting millions of dollars back in there. So if capital did anything in the last 50 years, they took and defunded them and said you need less. It's like the IRS. So an IRS agent, uh, one agent would have to deal with like 20,000 to 30,000 people. Well, how are they ever going to be able to audit or do any of that? There's just not a lot of them. That's what they said. Oh, IRS is evil. They did the same thing to the NLRB, but that was all behind a curtain. You didn't see it. It wasn't something that was obvious to you. They just chipped away at it and took it out from underneath you. By the time you're looking at it, it's already gone. So we would put a bunch of money into the NLRB and into the Department of Labor and make the playing field level. That's the biggest and best thing that's going to happen because right now everything's tilted to capital, and capital mm -hmm. knows that. Right. Capital fears this. They're dead against the the PRO Act in any way, any form. It's the way, it's the, way the insurance companies screw about the ACA is ruining everything. That's because someone came to take your lollipop. That's what mm -hmm. it's about. They're taking money from you. So Capital, who owns all of the insurance companies, doesn't want to lose that sucker they're always hanging on to. So it's their turn to try and do it. Back to the PRO Act, though. The key thing for me is making sure that we have different options for different sectors of workers. You've got healthcare. You've got to talk to the people who are doing that dangerous iron workers, mm -hmm. the people that are operating engineers in the streets, building these bridges, things like that. The people that are inside a manufacturing facility, the people that cut up the chickens and the pigs we eat every day. There's so many different areas and there's not enough people that are out there making sure that management does their job. Everybody wants to get government off the company's back. No. The reason we're on the company's back is for consumer safety and worker safety. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. We want to make sure we get a fair amount of money for every hour we work, fair wage, fair benefits, and make sure we go home safely in the same condition we went to work every day. It's not asking a lot, is it? That's the American dream. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I think that the, the other part is that we really need to, you know, have working people talking to each other too. In addition to, you know, the government hearing from working people is like, we need to build that solidarity. We need to build those channels. And I think, you know, that's what you and I are doing uh, right. with the podcast is, you know, connecting people. I, you know, in, in some of my other uh, areas, I call it cross pollination. Uh, you know, great, like great. you're really yes. like, cause a lot of people aren't talking to each other. They're kind of within yep. their own silos and their own spheres. And so yep. getting, you know, different, uh, different groups of workers talking to each other. Again, it's the same thing when you get a group of stewards together in a, in a number of workplaces or something. They realize a lot of the problems are very similar. A lot of the tactics of management are very similar from one workplace to the other. So I think, you know, that the work yeah. that we're doing to bring people together is, is, is super important. Yeah, and I, you hit it right there, Nick. That was beautiful because what I've been doing over the last five years is going to Labor Day events. That whole Labor Day weekend, mm. I'm in two different cities, sitting down with a tent. I sit down and I interview people, and I'm finding operating engineers don't talk to nurses, don't talk to the people right. in the AFL-CIO. It, although they're under the umbrella of the AFL-CIO, they act like this is my work, just like you said, in my silo. I'm not going to go over here and talk to them. They're electricians. I only see them on a job site. We have to start bringing that together because we have to share those same interests, which is political too. You right. have to have that same perspective. I, I sat down with this president and we talked about candidates and things like that. And he's a president of a large local. He's got a thousand members and they're carpenters. Well, the first thing he tells me is, well, we got about a 50-50 split because we got a lot of good, strong Republicans. And I said, wait, mm -hmm. what? 
What? <laughs> no, so I'm in a UAW, and so I have a bunch of idiots, for lack of a better term, who stand by Trump because they're the aggrieved white male who bought into every piece of crap that the Fox News Network has ever said to them hmm. over the last 25 years. They bought into that whole line of crap. Because of that, you now have these people saying, I'm a conservative. Why? Well, I didn't like Nancy Pelosi. She's a witch. Or whatever mm -hmm. their thing is. They hang their hat on one thing. And when you drill down into it, ask me, tell me more. Tell me more. I got nothing. They can re they're a headline. They're not even a story. They're just right. a headline. So that's very simple to find that out. But I was knocked out when I'm talking to him. He said, be careful what you say because a lot of my members are real conservative. Mm -hmm. I, I know conservatives. I grew up in a parents. My parents were both conservatives. They loved Richard Nixon. They thought Reagan was the second coming. Mm -hmm. I told him, I said, Reagan's a thug. He's a murderer. Stop mm -hmm. it. I don't like him. Oh, my gosh. What happened to you? <laughs> I started thinking for myself. Thanks, Mom. Mm -hmm. You taught me to do that. <laughs> right. My point is, is we got to get back to the basics and understand who is looking out for the working people. If you spend your whole life being conservative, I understand that. I understand you looking at conservative. Maybe it's the value of your, it's your church oriented or it's your financial oriented or whatever your key things are to be conservative about it. But you have to look at what's going to take care of working class people. You have children. You have grandchildren. You can't say that they're all going to go off to college. What if they get a job and start working in a trade or in nursing or something like that? They need representation. They need a union. You're putting people in charge, whether it's the state house or the national level, who want to take union representation away from people. Right. You're totally defeating your child's or grandchild's future by doing that. When I try and say it that way, I get a little bit of pushback, but I'm also getting some heads nodding, and they're going, oh, yeah, I didn't right. get it that way. But you have to. You have to say that. We, that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Cross-pollination. What a great <laughs> term. I love that. I want to get them all in the same room and start talking and finding out, you know what? I'm, I'm with you. I love that. I want to support my public education. I want to support my teachers. They need a help at the state house. Boy, right. do they ever. Every state's got that fight. And I think, you know, I mean, and that's why unions are so important because, I mean, you're taking every worker in a workplace, regardless of what their background or current political affiliation or right. experience level is. And then, at least in theory, <laughs> the yeah. you're, you're using that uh, union structure to, you know, educate workers, to get workers talking to each other, to, like, highlight where these, um, uh, you know, these uh, areas where management's working together to basically – screw you over are yeah. and so like yeah. i think that's like such a great starting point because the the workplace is like the place where most of us spend uh the uh, maybe the majority not maybe not the yeah. majority but a huge chunk of our life and right. so you know that's really a good starting point to you know connect with people's experiences well and i always do when i get somebody on the show i'll i'll ask i don't care if they're the president of the seiu <laughs> the international president the first question i'm going to ask him is what, what was your first job Mm -hmm. your first job. It takes them back right away like, oh, yeah, I was 16. Um, I was a landscaper. I rolled sod uh, or something like that. You know, right. I had some crap job at 16 years old. And then you start understanding where they came from, what their background is, what got them involved in the labor movement, those type of things. That's how I build my story because I think people want to know that about these leaders, about these people who write these books or these politicians. I mean, anything I'm going to talk to about, I want to hear your work life. I want right. to talk about that and then build on that to bring us to where we are today. And what are you going to do if you're a politician? What are you going to do for the folks that are, you know, like a congressional district usually has 700 to 900,000 people. And in that congressional district, no matter where it is in the United States, there's some people that are doing really well. Mm -hmm. but there's a whole bunch of people that are suffering that are one paycheck away from ruin 
Right. That's all it is. You have to think about those people. And I always ask the politicians, what are you going to do for them? How are you going to look at them? How are you going to see them? And what are you going to do for them and look them in the eye and say, I'm here to help? How? What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. You have to put them on the spot. Too. It's easy to, you know, it's easy to throw out platitudes and stuff, but it's harder when you actually try to pin them down to what policies are they actually going to enact? You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's, it's like, that's the, that's the pushback. You're not going to get, right. well, I'm not there yet. Put me yeah. there and I'll show you. And then yeah. you know what, if they don't, I, I'm the yeah. first guy sending them emails all the time. Yo, <laughs> if they can't that. handle the pushback when they're not even in office yet, how are right. they going to handle it once they're actually there? Right. They have right. to have a spine. So it's like, you know, and that's what I, I talk to everybody about that, whether they're, you know, organized whether labor or not the you know i try to get to the point of like where are you working what do you do oh, what is yeah. that like what is the what's the process where you work what are the what are the issues you know because again it's like it's very similar in different workplaces and people know how to do their job you know so they know yeah. the details they can tell you the intricate processes they've been trained on it in a in a structured way usually hopefully so yeah. you know so they can talk about it and it's something they're able to easily talk about. So it's, I don't know. I find it's a good conversation uh, topic, whether they're organized or not. Um, you know, is there anything else you want to say about the podcast or the current, uh, you know, developments in the U S labor movement, anything else you want to touch on? Um, there's a a, really a great website. There's some guys that came together through the AFL CIO and they got SAG and AFRA people on the West coast. And they got some guys in DC and these folks put together a thing called the labor radio podcast network. Mm. And I'm part of that. They found me just like all these, you know, other uh, book authors do saying, Hey, this guy does labor stuff. (laughs) Nice. And so they've been out there just finding shows. In fact, Nick, you should, I'm going to send them your contact information. They'll probably send you a note and they'll pump and push your show all the time. Sure. It's it's a great thing. And what it is, is if you go to laborradionetwork.org, you go there, it's got a grid full of shows. You just click on one, it'll take you. I've found like, I follow like six or seven different podcasts talking about different things in different parts of the United States. I'm learning stuff all the time. It's just there's too many podcasts. They've got over 200 of them now. I just met a guy. I'm going to interview a guy who's a professor at a university in Australia next Tuesday. When Actually, when I'm talking to him at 6 o'clock at night, it's 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning in Australia the next day when we're talking. So. These are the people you meet through that in that network. And it's just an awesome thing. It's a, it's you'll see somebody interview somebody like that guy looks interesting. So I send them an email. I find out who they are because their contact information or Twitter feed is somewhere in the notes for the show. So there's something out there for you to find. You can't just listen to me. You need, don't just listen to Nick. There's so many things out there. Right. It's the laborradionetwork.org is where you go find so many shows. I'm listening to a show in Kansas City. There's somebody in Texas doing one. There's guys out in Washington State doing some stuff. There's guys in New York. So I'm mm-hmm. a little, pretty much a little bit everywhere. And I follow what you're doing, too, and you always post some great articles. I love it because it pisses people off. One of my favorite things I saw the other day that you posted was it was the uh, workers, uh, socialist workers website. And I read the article you posted there and it's like, no matter what we do in labor, <coughs> excuse me, no matter what we do in labor, they always go, it's not enough. Right. You need to do more. Right. It's like, I love that. Right. <laughs> That's right. exactly the perspective we should have. No, it's people true. People forget that. I mean, you know, there's a lot to do and the people that, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of did so much. And it's like, you know, there's so many, you know, I mean, there's institutions we need to build up. I was actually just down in 
Southern Illinois the other day and I was at the, you know, the minor cemetery and that's where oh, mother Jones is yeah, uh, buried. And I think it's it. the only union uh, cemetery. I, I think that was in the, I don't know if that was in the country or just in Illinois, but, but still like there's so many, there's, you know, there used to be unions or maybe there still are that had, you know, like campsites or yep. places to go there, you know, that had, um, right. you know, other institutions and organizations that uh, people could belong to. And that, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, people don't even know that history and we need to really build up those Bring labor institutions to really yeah. actually uh, facilitate that independence, put a lot of pressure yeah. on these politicians. And, um, well, and, yeah. and you're on the right track with that because that was when union density was like 25 and 30% right. in the United States. We're down under 10%. So everybody's in their own little silo like you talked mm-hmm. about because they got, I got to protect, this is all I got left. Right. No, we need to open <laughs> this up. And that's what's going to happen, I think, in the next decade here. It's going to blow up. You mm, and I, I hope so. and others are on the right place at the right time with the right message. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. You want to say the name of your podcast and the best place to find it again, Mark? You can you can find my show at mylaborradio.org, and you can go on there. And if you if you listen to podcasts on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is you get your podcast, some other weird one that's out there, just click in there in the search and just enter My Labor Radio because I have a feed that goes out and goes to all those places. You can click on any of the shows there. I got about two years worth of shows sitting there. About every ten days, I put a new show up because I'm still working. I can't do it weekly. When right. I retire, I'll do it a little bit more, and I'll get more guests, and I'll spend more time at it. My wife will yell at me even more, and that's the way it goes. I like it like that, too. <laughs> yeah, I kind of fell into doing mine weekly, but, yeah, it's a lot. And uh, right it now is. I'm not working as much, but, yeah, it's very – it's difficult to put out something every week. But so far it's been kind of coming together. Again, it kind of – sometimes it comes out of nowhere, and it kind yeah. of – things just fall together. And, yeah, and reaching out to a lot of authors, especially local authors, yeah. has been a great one. So Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, Mark. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. It was great talking to you again, man. Always. Let's stay in touch, brother. Absolutely. Solidarity. (laughs) Take care. Take care. See ya. And that's our show. We will have our regular June episode next week, so check back for that. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on SoundCloud, and also, if you're on Facebook, make sure to like us on Facebook as well. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.